Hi, hello everybody, FPL teacher here, bringing you the report card. Next up, of the atypical, statistically outliery Brentford. Brentford's time in the Premier League has been greatly highlighted by the so-called stat-saviness of the side. And ever since Ivan Tony showed his worth in the Premier League, his ownership now currently stands at 20%. With the likes of new players such as Da Silva and a revitalised Matt Jensen now having top ownership among the side. We will look at what Brentford did well in the opening stages, what they are attempting to transition into and what they can do moving forward. In 21-22, Brentford had a consistent formation, a consistent setup, and in fact, a consistent philosophy. While employing a 3-5-2 that revolved around Mbomo being an out-of-position attacker alongside Ivan Tony, this approach was a slightly tweaked formation from the one that they used to get promoted from the championship simply because they lost Said Ben Rama. So this 3-5-2 had its problems and it delivered just enough points to reach 40 and basically sustain their cruise towards the end of the season. So the thing about Brentford is that when you run a statistically dependent squad, you have to future-proof it and they had so many attackers waiting in the wings just to deliver this season. And so this is where... People like Joshua De Silva and Matt Jensen come into the fray. So Brentford, even though they were being efficient in a lot of the areas of the pitch that they had the best advantages of, they still felt like a team that were held together by string and paper. So teams that had a more cohesive plan A could break them down. And this season, Brentford attempted to bring in players or at least graduate players from the academy in order to create this similarly cohesive plan A so that they have more organic strength in order to sustain their time in the Premier League. The likes of Keen Lewis Potter as a extra striking option compared to someone like, say, Wisa, while Aaron Hickey's utilisation at right-back, sometimes right-centre-back, sometimes right-wing-back, is part of the plan for Thomas Frank to come up with a squad that is flexible between 4-5-1 and 3-5-2 while at the same time having different combinations for Ivan Tony up front to work with so that he isn't just a long ball merchant. So among the revolving door of new forwards and rotating midfielders, what Thomas Frank has kept from last season is this transition of the ball from right back all the way to left forward. He wants that connection and it's because it favours the strengths of his best player, Ivan Tony. Ivan Tony likes receiving the ball on the left side from that right back area and he's Thomas Frank has basically facilitated that even more by having midfielders that can drop deep into that right back zone with the passing quality to find Tony on the left. And at the same time, Tony now, instead of only working with Rico Henry on the left, can work with Mbomo, Wisa. Keen Lewis Potter, and hopefully a central midfielder that also bombs forward from the left.
there are two ways to view Brentford from an FPL perspective. And this is very important because I went for one approach and I fell foul to their flaws. Brentford can be seen as the Tony plus 10 players team where Thomas Frank will utilize certain tactical decisions to favor the strengths of Ivan Tony. This is particularly obvious at home, where sometimes he chooses Wisa to start alongside Tony, or sometimes he starts King Lewis Potter alongside Tony, and then he makes substitutions to eventually put Wisa alongside Tony. In recent games, Thomas Frank has now attempted to operate Tony with Rico Henry alongside him instead of a midfielder or a forward because of King Lewis Potter's injury prone physique while at the same time he does not want to burn out the squad's central midfielders. At home this is particularly striking because their best chances have basically come from Tony and Mbomo where play goes to the left side and it creates for the right. Now if you view Brentford as a team that is improving then you have to consider the strengths of the likes of Joshua Da Silva and Matt Jensen and Mbomo himself while also trying to figure out who is their best starting three central midfielders. Brentford now have six players, six, competing for three central midfield slots and it remains to be seen who has actually dominated, who has deserved the starting spot over the other. This means that sometimes Brentford would look like a team that can kill giants such as their performance against Man United. And sometimes Brentford look like they can't even control the game where they concede a two-goal lead against Leicester or Crystal Palace and they just don't generate momentum strong enough to come back against the likes of Everton. If you view Brentford as a Tony plus 10 side, then you have to go with the current strategy Brentford are using. With Bournemouth, Newcastle, Brighton and Chelsea up next, the crucial thing here is that the Bournemouth-Newcastle games, the relatively easy ones, are away from home and Brighton-Chelsea will be at home. So, unfortunately, even though the numbers look good and Ivan Tony himself looks good, you're looking to the Brighton and Chelsea games for Ivan Tony to deal the most damage alongside the first gem, Rico Henry. Henry right now plays wing back and he's extremely far forward alongside Tony simply because Thomas Frank is trying to bring Christopher Ayer back into the side. So he's fielded with two centre backs so far and it's only last game week against Arsenal where Ayer is trying to be assimilated into the squad again. That being said, Rico Henry <laughs> isn't the best wing back, but he at least is able to win second balls off Ivan Tony and cross for the likes of Mbomo, and that is where we are targeting Rico Henry's potential. If you view Brentford, however, as a team that is consistently improving in quality, then for FPL purposes, you do not have to look anywhere else because you can let the central midfield, the wing backs, and whatnot all sort themselves out. The beneficiary is Mbomo. So Mbomo here in all of this can operate as a striker or a right forward depending on whether Kindu is Potter plays. But at this stage, Mbomo is still operating as Mbomo from seasons before where he does get big chances failing the finish. 
Mbomo has delivered against Man United and Leeds, by the way. So the question comes down though to whether you feel that he will do the job against Bournemouth and Newcastle. This section on Brentford's defence is going to be relatively short compared to the rest of the episode simply because Brentford, well, their defensive strategy has been relatively straightforward. It revolves around the three central midfielders choosing where to press their opponents down. They did it well against Leicester and Man United in the opening stages where the three midfielders with Norgard at the helm had individual zones to press. And they compressed themselves together and pressed specific players at specific times. However, because the, up, the, the, the opponents after that, Fulham, Everton and Palace, all took the lead against them, forcing Brentford to come back, the central midfielders didn't have to do a lot of defensive work. And so a lot of these weaknesses weren't exposed all the way until Arsenal in game week 8. So that being said, this central midfield of Brentford is still considered relatively quote-unquote soft, where they do not really have the tackling capabilities of winning the ball back. So if you can foresee a number 10, like uh, a ball-dominating number 10, like say Ryan Christie from Bournemouth or um, Joe Linton from Newcastle driving at that defence, then he will create big chances. So, long story short, Bournemouth, Ryan Christie, Newcastle, Joel Linton, Brighton, potentially, Pascal Grob or Moises Casado, Chelsea, you're looking at Mason Mount, and Aston Villa, well, Aston Villa don't really have quality in attacking midfield anyway, bar Jacob Ramsey. So, this is all we really need to talk about. Good players will need a good supporting cast around them, while a good team needs to be able to build pressure and momentum together as a unit. Brentford moving forward remains an enigma simply because sometimes they rely on Ivan Tony's individual strengths, with the supporting cast around him delivering at times, especially Wisa as the second hub impacts up. But as a team, they have a lot to learn because the central midfielders are the ones running the show. This is FPLTJ speaking, who will continue to monitor this side while bringing up the next other popular underachieving side, Leicester, into the fray. Follow for more.